you think it's going to peak and it keeps going and he keeps going and then basically he'll just keep going <laughs> until he finally says because we're not here and that's our cue to scream out to fuck spiders we're not here to fuck spiders and we are here with episode seven of the major lift with shane russ russell from just 12 foot ninja which i did not get fanboy over but i definitely considered it now this is another drummer episode and i think there's um i think there's a link going on here guys what about you i have realizing that as a guitarist i've interviewed one guitarist so if you think there is a correlation then send me a message about why on the major lift podcast instagram spoiler the handle for that is the major lift podcast on instagram okay not the on instagram part you've read too far into it and you should be um just following just stop reading into it this is a podcast we've been teeing up for a little while, and I'm almost certain there will be a part two to this. We had some time constraints around this one, and that's always a pain in the ass, but probably good for you guys. You get the condensed version of why you should, first of all, give a shit about what Shane does and how Shane talks. So Shane is the drummer from 12 Foot Ninja, and he is also a personal trainer, and he's also spent some considerable time uh, touring on the road, America, US, and Australia. So these guys have seriously made a mark in the Australian music scene and are very, very important. Are very important to me as well. They gave me one of my first filming opportunities of a bigger and established band. If you go on YouTube and check out the Kingdom music video or live music video, live is in uh, strike through there. We had to dub the audio, just a little story. The comments there are always hilarious because it's always something like, this isn't the real audio, this isn't live. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, clearly. But it was an awesome performance, so we, we dubbed it. And uh, also earlier in the year, got a chance to play a show with these guys. And as always, they set the bar for what live tightness really is. And if you are in a band in Australia and you want to see where you should be thinking of starting your tightness, go to one of their shows, look at one of the live recordings. They are absolutely on it this episode is it's a little bit of a, a chin wag but also we touch on some tour fitness we touch on some morning routine we touch on some pre-show antics and i would like to know your feedback about this guys i really and girls i'm not discriminating here in fact uh second part to this if you are thinking of suggesting some musicians i do have my hands up in the air right now just I'm at a standing desk and that means I, I'm more expressive with my arms. Like right now, I look like I'm holding two drumsticks. I'm doing the drumstick motion. So yeah, uh, if you have any female guest requests, 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 please send them in. I do not want this to be a sausage fest. It is very, very important to me that there is some semblance of fairness going into this because I'm not ever going to know what it's like to tour as a female musician. I don't know if it's different. Maybe it is. So that is another thing that I would love you to contact me about. Seriously, anyone. And if you have the hookup, give me that hookup, please. Thank you. Anyway, check out this podcast with Shane Russ Russell, of which I'm going to say his name again as a podcast comes in, of 12 Foot Ninja. Enjoy. Be ready, I'm coming for you. 
Shane, Russ, that's in italics, Russell. Uh, yes. Obviously, we didn't have to track down the origins of that um, nickname in the middle very hard. <laughs> but <laughs> welcome to the major lift. We're going to talk some nonsense and people are going to listen because they've really opted themselves into this and it's too late to back out. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate. It's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure. So um, I've just learned about your skills as an audio engineer in the last, um, <laughs> let's, let's call it, let's not call it half an hour of trying to troubleshoot that. Um, how, well, how I'm come... actually quite proud of myself that I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Who would otherwise be in charge of that in the 12 foot ninja group? Uh, definitely uh, Stevic is the man. Um, and, and Rose quite handy now uh, with the old Pro Tools rig, but uh, Stevic is definitely a guru at most things and um just watching him on the computer he's just a freaking wizard minority report shit you know <laughs> um so, so he, no. he normally does all that shit and um i was telling you earlier that i was left to my own devices for outlier and had to figure out how to do pro tools and record my drums and edit them and then you know so that was a, a painful but very rewarding experience yeah so that was really really interesting learning about the MIDI aspect of Outlier. Mm. What what I'm curious about is how how did you apply yourself to learning all of those skills so fast? I'm just a bit of a wizard, you know. To be honest, I, I pick up things really quick. <laughs> Minority Report, <laughs> <laughs> as you just experienced with me trying to figure out how to record a microphone in my Pro Tools rig. That took half an hour. So. Yeah, no, it was a, quite a, a slow process, but I was spending many hours and, um, you know, YouTube is the answer as well. It has all the answers. I was just coming up with some problems and then typing in the right question and some legend does a video on it. So it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, no, it was good, man. I just so got to remember how to the, do it again. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll save that for, there's going to have to be a part two. Yeah. The censored yep. version. So yeah. uh, let's 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 do this thing. Let's let's introduce you uh, as the drummer of Twelve Foot Ninja. Can I learn about the early days of um, what the band was like for you, as far as the way you practiced, the way you guys gigged and toured, and say those first one or two years that you guys existed? Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> so me and Stevic are the founders of Twelve Foot Ninja. We've been playing together for quite a few years um and so the first couple of years of 12 foot ninja i mean you know we we found nico which was brilliant uh you know just put out the frequencies to the universe and nick knocked on my door so that was awesome nico's in the band we had another bass player um uh in the early days and then you know things didn't quite work out but uh, that's all good. And then Damon came along and we were a four piece. And uh, I was quite happy with that. So we uh, basically just spent a, a bit of time writing the first EP and, and getting that happening. We had a manager from the start, Dave, our manager, which is great. We've always tried to get him to manage one of our bands and he just wasn't interested in any of them apart from 12 Foot Ninja. So it's so cool that he was on board from the start, because he's would be nothing without him. Um, but uh, basically, we rehearse a lot in my room, in my bedroom in St Kilda. It was a it was a bit of a palace actually. I, I lived in a house called 
the House of Rock in St Kilda and it was just me and three other sound engineers and it was a, a bloody good time and it was meant to be. And they uh, never thought about telling you how to plug in a microphone? In- no, nah, no, nah, they just come and did it. They just did it for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we used to have pretty boot camp style fucking rehearsals. Like before our first show, I think it was at the Evelyn uh was that late 2007 or 2008 fuck i don't know now but um stevic is absolutely insanely anal when it comes to execution <laughs> hashtag and, insanal for stevic yeah, out yeah. there who's probably <laughs> i like that hashtag insanal so he pretty much is the reason why i play drums like I do, as in really worked on my tightness because uh, he, he, he just really worked through every individual in the band on getting them as tight as possible. So, you know, he, he's, he was a psycho. So, but it was, a, it was a good thing because it got us super tight before our first gig and then, you know, we've been known to be a pretty tight unit live and, um, and I think that impacts through the front of house when everyone is hitting that one at the exact same time. Actually, my, uh, one of my housemates, Johnny Hall, uh, legendary uh, live engineer, and he, he used to do our sound and, and uh, he, he would do the support bands as well. And, and people would go up to him and go, why have you got 12 Foot Ninja so much louder? And he goes, nah, man, it's the exact same DB. And he goes, you know what, Russ, it's just because you guys, you hit the one at the same time. It's just fucking massive. You know? So hitting the one at the same time is ideal. And um, <laughs> Yeah, good and, tip for, for anyone out there wanting to get into, you know, yeah. music. Oh, man, that's, that's the key. Just hitting the one at the same time. Not, not almost one, not slightly one, fucking exactly one. Two, three to four, you can probably forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Just the one, man. The rest now, is jazz. <laughs> where did we, we played with you guys. The rest is jazz. Where, where did we play with you guys? Was it at the corner uh, in, in January? Uh, in January, it was 170 Russell. 170 Russell, that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. How did I forget that? I remember standing out in the crowd and we sort of had the uh, pre-show ambience and you know the, the crowd was sweaty because it was January and it was also raining outside. It's great. And uh, so that the ambience was coming on. I think there was some like ridiculous reggae mix of um, was it Monster yeah. of Puppets or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you you hear the sort of uh, the swell of the backing tracks, and of course I, I was I didn't consider that of course you guys would be on internal counts. Yes. And then next fucking second the show started, and I just started laughing at how insanely tight that first, like just the first bar of the show has to be, <laughs> and it just carried like it just it just cracked me up. Yeah, man, it's hitting the one, dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that that age old trick of hitting the one. <laughs> um, so yeah, like back to your question, what was it like at the start? It was brutal. It was a lot of rehearsals, making sure that we could nail the recording live. Do you take um, criticism well? Um, I don't know if anyone does, but I I, I feel that I do, but. It, Luckily, I sort of, you know, Stevic did all the criticising in the early days when I first started playing with him, you know, when I thought I was 
killing it on the kit. You know, I'm fucking sweet. But he, he, he taught me caveman shit, man. Like, just keep it, keep it simple and just hit hard and tight as fuck. Whereas I was a bit sort of uh, a little bit self-indulgent back in the day, just doing as many things as I could behind the kit. I was in a band called Bacterium and we, we'd literally have 20, 30 riffs per song, you know. It was just constantly changing. So after playing with Stevic, he it was a lot more structured and um, 12 Foot Ninja is basically the, the new Bacterium, you know, back in the day when I was 15. I was we were very influenced by Mr. Bungle and shit. So, yeah, so so I think Stevic drilled me hardcore back in the day and now now I know what it's like so I know what the level is so you know if I have to learn a new song or whatever uh, I will not show him what I'm doing until I know that he'd be happy with that level <laughs> you know some people would say that's sort of like a Stockholm syndrome <laughs> yeah it's um it's good though man I, I love it that's it's um it's uh it's made me the player I am and um and you know it's nothing better than seeing a, a band execute something live that you know basically we just want to have it sounding as bigger than the album you know what i mean so bigger than the recording and um yeah and so, so you, you guys have sort of escalated up you've 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 had a massive trajectory since that first album and i think this is what i want to get into is um let's okay let's take for example and we'll try to we'll try to work backwards from here. What is I think I put it this way when I talk to my friends about my favorite shows. Which which one of your shows accomplished the childhood dream? If if that was a childhood dream for you, I'm not I'm not sure, but childhood dream, the, the show, the one show, that one show. Poor oh, shit. You know, it's been awesome, man. I've I've had a lot of I've been ticking a lot of bucket lists. And, um, shit. Oh, fuck. The one. I mean, quite recently, you know, the, the tour with Disturbed was amazing. One of the best, well, especially the Melbourne show was one of the best days of my life. Um, just playing with such a massive band in an arena in my hometown on the very same day that I had my first child. <laughs> All right, you gotta come on. You gotta walk us through that day from dude, the, from when you dude, woke up. It was unbelievable. The, so the the tour started in Perth. I think it was a Wednesday night. We smashed that. That was sick. And then we flew home immediately. Did the red eye flight. And that day, I spoke to my my partner Joel's and and she said, "Oh, I've got to be induced because of the condition she had. She had pups, uh, which is basically like a bad rash all over her body that one percent of pregnant women get." One percent. Congrats, that's the load. <laughs> yeah, she was the chosen one. And uh, anyway, it sort of worked out because I didn't have a backup drummer. And um, so she's like, I've got to be induced. And we're thinking Friday. And the gig was, the Melbourne show was Saturday. I'm like, perfect, let's book that shit in. So, yeah, we went in on, on the Friday morning to the local hospital here. And it was all beautiful and a lovely time. And we we're just like, isn't this, isn't this just amazing and then contractions started happening and then her face changed and it was brutal man and from then on it turned into a nightmare i was i would not wish this upon anyone the pain that she was going through anyway 12 hours later i ended up having a beautiful little girl and uh i think it was at 12 26 
on the 12th of November. And that is the show day, the Melbourne show. So I think I left the hospital at about 4 a.m., went home, called my sister straight away, bawling my eyes out on what an awful experience that was. It was supposed to be beautiful. <laughs> the outcome was amazing, obviously, uh, but the pain that Joel's went through was insane. And um, yeah, but uh, so basically had like four hours sleep, got up straight to the hospital, went and visited my girls, stayed there for a bit and then went straight to Margaret Court Arena in Melbourne and uh, loaded in and all the dudes were stoked for me, you know, and, and I just had the biggest freaking grin ever. It was the happiest day of my life. I got to experience two massive things, you know, the, the, the biggest Melbourne show I've ever done and, and having uh, my first child, it was unbelievable, dude. I can't explain it. Um, and the timing was unbelievable. It just worked out. Uh, so, yeah, one of the best days of my life. Um, and what did you have for breakfast that day? <laughs> It's got to be in there. That's in the memory bank for sure, right? Dude, yeah, that's no. Normally it would be because I'm so passionate about my food, but I cannot. I have no idea what I had that day. Uh, yeah, but I remember that night catering was off its head. <laughs> <laughs> what, but uh, to eat like uh, like Vikings, I imagine. it was it. it <laughs> nah, it was it was beautiful, man. Like the the catering was uh, top notch and. Um, and it was it was awesome because the disturbed crew was so awesome and happy for me. They've never they said they never had a child born on a tour, so that was pretty cool. And they had a little care package for me, and it was just it was brilliant, man. Um, but the other the other cool childhood dream was touring with Seven Dust mm. in in the US because I I love Morgan Rose. Uh, he's one of my favorite drummers and biggest influences, and um, he he's a massive fan of the band, which blows my mind. And uh, you know, and we got to we only did like two or three shows with them because we they were happy for us to jump on board while we had to fill in some dates, you know. And and it was epic, man. We did festivals together and shit. And um, and Morgan spent a lot of time on our bus, and it was just so surreal. The stories he had was next level. Uh, just talking about the Motley Crue days when he filled in for Tommy Lee, and because Tommy Lee is the reason why I play drums. And that's one of Morgan's reasons too. So for his idol to ask him to play drums for Motley Crue, he said it was like filling in for Elvis, you know. Um, so 12 Foot Ninja is basically your vessel to get into Seven Dust is what I'm hearing. Oh, fucking you're good, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for the call, Morgan. Just uh, whenever you can't <laughs> do a gig, bro, just give me plenty of time though because, Jesus, I'd have to learn all that shit. This is the Although it game. should be in my blood, I've listened to it that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely a a good one, man. Yeah. So I, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I'm I'm really curious to know because these are, I think perhaps in the lives of performers who are privileged enough to experience these these shows, we sort of overlook those precious, say, twenty minutes, thirty minutes before getting on stage and what it takes to actually get yourself in in a mindset that otherwise you would treat as normal. But I, I think if you remember high school, there were those people who couldn't get up and stand, stand in front of the class and really talk. But yes. what, is, what is in your head, and is, as um, average as it'll probably sound to you, I think there are a lot of listeners out there that could really dig into this mindset that it takes to, to plan your entire show mentally and 
and also be warmed up physically. What sort of things are you doing about half an hour before you walked out onto into the arena? That I sounds love that. so fun to say. Into the arena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that question, man, because it affects me massively. Uh, anxiety. It's, uh, it, I still get it till this day. And, uh, and I hate the feeling before a gig. Like, you know, before a show, I, I can't really talk to people. I'm not myself. I'm just so worried about executing a perfect show and, uh, yeah, not stuffing up. And, and I remember warming up one time when we were on the periphery tour in America and we were at this uh, New York show and I was warming up and the anxiety was so high. I think because we knew there was, a lot of, there was a lot of industry people in the crowd that night to check us out, booking agents and whatnot, and I, I felt the pressure. and Sitting there warming up going, Jesus Christ, do I even enjoy this? This is overwhelming, what I'm feeling right now. So basically, I'm just doing some breathing exercises. I'm doing my simple pad warm-ups, getting in the zone. And then uh, what, what tends to work for us is we all huddle around as a group. And we all, we're all hugging and stevic. And I wish I had recorded all of these speeches from day one. Because some of the shit that he would spin... <laughs> before a show is mind-blowing and it really relaxes everyone a bit because give us a crack can you make one up oh fuck no he is off his head this guy um (laughs) he he just basically just rambles on you never know where it's going to go and you think it's going to peak and he keeps going and he keeps going and then basically he'll just keep going (laughs) until he finally says because we're not here and that's our cue to scream out to fuck spiders. We're not here to fuck spiders. So we sort of scream that out, and that's a bit of a, a ritual we go through. And that's sort of... Oh, and also a shot. A shot of hard liquor. So we have the shot, then we do the huddle, then we go out on stage. And then once, once we all hit that one, bro... <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. Everything is good, and uh, I'm just in the zone then. I'm, and I find that that anxiety is turned into energy and passion and aggression behind the kit i i uh, just go for it but yeah that the lead up is still brutal to this day i'm actually feeling anxious now talking about it <laughs> i got the uh, same i got exactly the same thing just just yeah. knowing full well what you're talking about i yeah. think when people saying they're fine i i think they're full of shit sometimes oh man it's uh I, I, yeah yeah exactly um the only time I start feeling pretty good is, you know, say we do a 30-date tour, I start feeling good on the 28th date. <laughs> now, about the 20th maybe, you know, the last five to ten gigs, I, I'm a lot more relaxed because, you know, you're just in the zone, you're doing the same thing every night. and um, But, yeah. Um, I, get that, I get the hollow feeling jaw. That's like, oh. that's, so even just empathising with this now, I feel like... I feel like my jaw is is just tingling just a little bit, even thinking yeah. about the last show we played in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Because the thing that we'd changed uh, that was new to us was we stole your fucking idea oh, of, yeah. um, of the Silent Count, right? Yes. But I'd never been in a band that had done that. It had been my third show on In-Ears. And so I'm walking around backstage going, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop, yeah. boop, Okay, hold on. Beep, yeah. boop, boop. Like, I'm just saying yeah. beep, boop, boop yeah. out loud because I've, I've convinced myself that I'm going to be the one out of five guys on stage to fuck it up. 
somehow convince and, and you know, I think you really do convince yourself. But at the same time, is this not so similar to that feeling you get before big squats of like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know about this. And you're like walking up to the bar and you're like, oh, I don't fucking know. And you're just like, you're all antsy and weird about it. Cause like yes. I could die. My spine could collapse. Uh, absolutely. I sort of get that with deadlifts because, you know, I've actually bulged a disc from deadlifts and lucky. I sort of. Which one? Which one's a lucky boy? Uh, what was it? Elf. L4, L5. Oh, fucking high. Team L4, L5. Yeah. Me too. I think it's a common area. Um, yeah. So you did the same thing, did you? Yeah, man, it sort of really put me off deadlifts. I mean, it's such a brilliant exercise, but I sort of weigh up, is it worth it? Especially because of the drumming and, you know, especially before tours, if I'm doing a a good weights routine, I sort of just go super light with deadlifts and uh, um, and don't, I definitely do not try and be a hero because it's just not worth breaking the back. It was a bit of a healing process and still to this day my back is just not the same how how about you is it is your back just still just different i'm I'm on my uh second week of a ppl so i've done deadlifts twice and i've just i've come off six months of calisthenics i actually did believe this how freaking depressing is this i did mind uh doing a pistol squat just just because there's no stability there for me so it's sort of a cruel irony. People are like body weights are safe. Body weight exercises are yeah. safe. Yeah. And you're like, don't mind if I try this stupid thing. And so, I mean, and on that, you are sitting on your ass. <laughs> yeah. For, for a 90 minute set, presumably, your head, yeah. average headline set. Yeah. Yep. So you're warming up physically backstage as well. You're. Yeah, I do a lot warm, of. Um, twisting. Yeah, I do dynamic stretches. You know, I used to do the old, you know, static stretching, which is no good which I learned that in, you know, PT school before exercise, uh, that's no good. You definitely want to be doing dynamic movements and, uh, and static stretching, you know, later. Um, so basically, yeah, I'll do, you know, a lot of leg swings, arm swings, uh, shit like that, some lay on the floor and some side rotations with the knees and stuff. And then, and then yeah, jump on the pad, get the legs moving uh, and just ease into it, start off slow and just... Yeah, warm into it, yeah. When did this creep into your your backstage antics? I mean, that's something that I reckon when you're 18 or 19, you're like, whatever, bitches, I'm going to windmill for the next 40 minutes. I don't give a shit. But at some point, you... Wait, when did that happen? Did it take something to happen to get into that? The, the, the full warm-up routine? Yeah, to yeah. actually give a shit about stretching because you know it's going to hurt. Yeah, probably the stretching after I became a PT. But um, I always did warm up uh on the pad and stuff um because yeah i just found i'd cramp up uh if i didn't do a proper warm-up and you just grip the sticks tighter and you hit hit harder and break sticks left right and center um so yeah probably since being a pt and being more of aware uh, more aware of you know what dynamic stretching does for you and so that's that's sort of that really intrigues me to hear about oh man i have a I have so many questions. Yeah. Uh, so if you've done deadlifting for the day, say, yeah. say let's go back to whenever you were deadlifting a lot and you've yep. got to play drums, whether it be a session, whether it be a rehearsal, are you, is, is any of your playing compromised by your forearm strain? Um, I actually haven't really experienced that. I suppose I, I plan my sessions around the, the drumming. Um, 
So like I wouldn't do a, a full on leg day before a gig, uh, or even a day or two days before a gig. Um, so yeah, um, haven't really experienced that. Which so is while good. you're while you're on tour, are you trying to trying to find gyms or how are you how are you getting around that? Yeah, we we try and find gyms. Um, and basically, I'll just do a, a sort of a light, full body workout. You know, I'm not there to smash myself. I'm just there to maintain while I'm away. Um, Wait, so you aren't there to fuck spiders? Well, yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of there just to, yeah, definitely not do my <laughs> usual routine. It's uh, because, again, risking injury while I'm on tour. Um, and I sort of prefer to do boxing training and shit. Uh, it seems to be an easier way to go about it on tour. Like literally me and Stevic would do some pad sessions backstage before we go on. Um, because all you need is, sim- is simply gloves and pads. Um, so it takes uh, on tour, even internationally. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we've still got a bunch of gear on one of the buses over there, a uh, bunch of boxing gear. Um, and there's, yeah, there was quite a few times I was training the boys at truck stops and shit, just uh, doing circuits and whatnot but uh it was definitely based around if we we're going to be able to have a shower or not um yeah so this is try- a bts man that no one's ever gonna know until they're trying to do it i i, I love this because we're trying to organize the same thing into our into our tour schedule is how to not feel like a giant sack of shit every day when you wake up because all you do is headbang and then go to sleep yes that's brutal um so luckily Oh, how's it, how's it worked? You know, like on our first tour, I just did the old truck stop showers, which are awesome, but you've got to, you've got to pay for them. Um, and then one of the tours we did was epic because it was big venues, theatres and shit. So they had showers and stuff at the venues, so, and nice ones, you know, so we were able to shower at the venues, which was nice. Another tour, we had a shower on the bus, which was just the best because I, I just love showers. I'm addicted to them. Um, especially being a drummer and just being a sweaty mess, uh, <laughs> I, I would literally race straight to the shower after we play. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been a few times where there's been no showers and holy shit, it, you know, I think the most I've done is like six days without a shower and, and, you know, probably three or four gigs. Yuck. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, so, yeah, kind of number one priority on tour is, um, Showers, poo stations, internet. So where I'm, I'm curious because I know that we've we've sort of uh, pigeonholed ourselves into this finite time because you know we've got big boy things to do and um, chatting nonsense uh, on podcasts isn't quite one of them. But I, I kind of, I we've got to, we're, obviously we're going to do a part two to this because yeah, we need to dig pretty hard. But let's talk about one of these truck stop workouts and let's. Let's start from the alarm goes off in the morning. What time? Who eats what? What the workout is all the way up until loading because we all know what happens from loading. Yeah. All right. So I'm probably one of the last to wake up. I love my rest. It's just the best. But basically the alarm is the coffee machine getting slaughtered downstairs. Like, you know, well, if you're on a double decker in Europe, or, or, you know, the single one in, in the US, 
the first thing you hear is just coffee machine just getting smashed so that that is the first thing coffee uh just you know take our time have a bit of breakfast which i don't know might consist of a bit of cereal banana stevic's a big lover of the yogurt and doing that i, I sort of just love my my toast or we do the um egg egg wraps egg and bacon wraps and shit um and then uh yeah and then we'll just slowly think about doing a workout <laughs> and then i will just come up i'll just visualize in my head what we're going to do and i'll just do a little circuit thing and it will go for a maximum of half an hour which is plenty of time to smash you um so yeah i would just do a, a basic um try and do a push pull push pull routine uh, just making it nice and balanced a bit of plyometric stuff just because you know you don't have weights on you so you, you know the plyometric shit helps for that um and then some a bit of boxing and and that also helps just taking out of some any frustrations you might have on tour but <laughs> <laughs> as long as the other person's willing like you can't be you can't be chasing nick around just being like i'm gonna box you yes well <laughs> actually nick's nick's the only one that didn't join us in, in come on nick in the workouts Fucking uh hell he, he was going to he was all pumped i had some raps for him and yeah it just didn't didn't happen uh but uh me me stevic Rowe, and, and damon i mean we're sort of we're, we're sort of you know been more of workout guys for a long time now um uh gyms and stuff so nick nick's not really it's not really his thing um yeah it's fair enough mm. he's a um, handsome motherfucker so he doesn't he doesn't need to compensate like the rest of you guys so. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay i i know i'm sitting here for getting freaked out by the time so let's do let's do a um Let's do a, we'll call it a break, not necessarily the end of the podcast. And we'll find time to really revisit this with some, some, um, hard facts. Yeah, man. No worries. Uh, everyone say thank you to Shane. That was everyone saying thank you at once. Thanks guys. You hear that one? It was like a good afternoon, Mr. Russell primary (laughs) school thing. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, and thanks so much for your time. And we will absolutely catch you soon. Is there a, just just before we we pretend like we're hanging up and then do a quick debrief? Uh, any any twelve foot ninja shows that that you can talk about coming up in Australia? God damn it, no. Okay, I'll like take that. There there's shows, but I can't talk about it. All right, that's good enough for me. Yep, couldn't push that one as much as I really, really... I just want to know. I need to plan my year around that. Uh, I am hoping... Actually, I know that you guys enjoyed that one. I, I get the I get enough feedback in my inbox now to know what people are getting into. So if you do want the second episode, please comment in whichever commentables you have access to. And make sure that you go and like and follow all the necessary likeables to go with the followables with the sociables be social but don't talk to anyone outside of your phone or computer ah yep it's it's gonna be a cynical day today anyway i highly recommend that you go back to what you were meant to be doing don't forget to follow me as the major lift podcast on instagram i need affirmation (laughs) enjoy the rest of your day